Hey everybody, it's Tony Caldwell. Welcome to another episode of Uncaptive Agent, where we're talking about uh, the future of insurance distribution. It's early, uh, in, just ending the first quarter of 2022, and so we're really thinking about what does our business look like in um, 2027, uh, 2030? You know, how does it change? How does it stay the same? What are the opportunities? And today, I'm very excited to have as my guest, Dana Detola, who is with Weaver Insurance Agency in Los Angeles. Weaver is a third-generation insurance agency founded in 1959 by Dana's grandfather. Um, she's been in the business for a couple decades now, and they recently won Liberty Mutual's Agent of the Future Award for in the large agency category. And so we know just right off the bat, Dana, that you're not only thinking about the future, but taking action to embrace it. Welcome. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me. You bet. Could we just ask at the beginning just for you to elaborate a bit on uh, the agency? Uh, you know, where are you exactly and what do you what do you all focus in on? Generally speaking, what is a large agency from the Weaver perspective? Yeah, um, I can give you that background. Uh, we are in Arcadia, California, which is in LA County, just east of Pasadena. Uh, Santa Anita Racetrack is, if you're in the horse race business, is about us, you know, 100 yards or 200 yards from our office. So that's the closest. If you're not from Cal Southern California, that's closest mile marker. Um, and we are. We have been around for a long time. Like you said, my grandpa started the agency in 1959, you know, knocking on doors. Uh, he said he would just go door to door until he, if he, if he was, if he sold a couple of policies, he'd buy one beer. And he's like, I know I made it when I bought it, could buy a six pack at one time. So that was like how we started. And so it, we have, you know, over time changed uh, and we still do personal lines and commercial lines. About 70% of our revenue comes from commercial lines. Uh, 28 comes from personal lines. We have a very small benefits book. I would say we're pretty much generalists. Um, we do a lot in construction, a lot of property, quite a bit in the entertainment space. Um, but we've, we've got our hands everywhere and it's, and it's, which is good and bad. I, you know, everything you read is like niche, niche, niche. So we're, we're, we do have a few industries that we feel like we, we know we do a really good job in, um, but we do, we're generalists. So we've got 27 employees. Um, we, from a large agency standpoint, honestly, I was a little surprised that we were chosen to be that with Liberty because we are not a Marsh or an Aon or one of these like Large, what I think of as large agencies. So we're probably on the large side for your local agents, like, you know, regional local agency. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, third generation agency. So uh, that's getting to be more and more unusual. I know pressure's on, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you just uh, said, as we were getting started, you're the mom of, uh, three kids and uh, yeah. is fourth generation uh, planned for, I mean, are you going to stay a family agency? Do you think? We'll or? see. I don't, I don't know. They're my oldest is 11. So we've got some time to figure that out. Um, well, but I know uh, at this point in your career and, and in your life, you probably are thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could do with my kids, what, you know, my parents did with me and give us the, op give them the opportunity to inherit a great uh, successful family business. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be awesome? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Let, let it be said though, that there's no inheriting in the, in the Weaver family. There is definitely, my parents purchased it from my grandpa and I'm purchasing it from them, but it's a great opportunity for yeah. sure. And I have one sister and she's also a principal at an insurance agency based in San Diego. So it's funny that we both ended up in insurance, but she, she's somewhere else. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, it, so if you're thinking about though, uh, maybe someday there's a fourth uh, generation in the Weaver agency, you've got to be thinking about the future. Yeah. Right? Because you have to not just uh, grow the business for now, but you have to build the base for the future. So um, as you think about that, how do you feel about the future of the independent agency business in general? Are you optimistic, pessimistic, worried, concerned? Uh, you know, how do you feel about it? I am optimistic um, and worried and concerned. <laughs> I think that technology is going to be the big changer in, in our industry. And I do think that a, a certain segment of what independent agents do is going to get transferred to these AI robots and, and things like that. It, the consumer that just wants the policy to meet requirements, doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't look at their agent as a trusted advisor, those guys are going to go. And, and if, if you don't think so, you're kidding yourself because, um, you know, and, and the, the new consumers want things faster. They want things easier. They don't necessarily want to take the time to like sit down and go over everything. They just want fewest moves. And, and I think that there's also a, a consumer that, that's going to be our future. And those are the ones that do have that um, they put value on having a trusted advisor. And so I think that our business needs to morph. We need to be faster. We need to be more efficient. I mean, there's that we're never going to be computers, but we need to be able to compete with them. But I think that just showing our value is going to be in our knowledge and, and being able to sit down and talk to someone and, and have them feel like they understand their coverages and, and they can ask their questions. Okay. So as you think about right now, those challenges you just mentioned and over the next few years, what are the things that that the Weaver agency is doing that Liberty recognized when they gave you the award uh, that allows you to be, uh, you know, more focused and faster and all those sorts of things? What do yeah, you we, I have an excellent team. I have a handful of individuals that are super tech savvy. So we're always trying to push the envelope on like, how can we make this more efficient? How can we automate this process? So um, a couple of things we've done is in the last few years, we've rolled out um, electronic application system. So we use Broker Buddha, but that's been a real game changer because historically on commercial lines, I'm primarily middle market commercial is the world that we operate in. And so for that, it's like, here's, 15 PDF applications, and here's a copy of what you filled out last year. Best of luck to you, you know, and that, that is just painful. And so um, we've gone to the automated system. So it's pre-filled, you can fill it out on your phone. And, and in that it's, there's an upsell built in and there is a, there's a lot of CYA on, you know, do you want cyber? Here's what it explains. And if you say no, you're signing off on it. So that has really helped us efficiency wise, because we used to, we usually send out our app update requests and then I will go and meet with someone if they'd like to go over it, you know, but usually there's internal information they have to gather themselves. And so the response time we've gotten to get our updates back is so much faster. It makes it easier for the client. We're spending less time chasing them down and then we're able to get our submissions out earlier. So it's been a really good thing okay. there. Um, another thing we've done is my husband has a video production company. So that 
um, with the pandemic, we have all this empty space in our office. A lot of our staff is still working remotely. And so we turned one of our offices into a video recording studio. And so we're trying to, the goal is to shoot eight videos a month. We're not quite there yet, but a lot of the things were frequently asked. We're trying to just get that in video. So when we send you your final audit, here's an explanation of how the final audit is calculated because we constantly saying this same thing over and over again. So it saves the staff time. Also, we're able to communicate it more clearly because we've written it out in the script and a teleprompter and it, it should be, and we've got little, you know, pop-up things that explain it. So that's another thing that we've invested in since the pandemic. Okay. So um, interesting that you have a, a studio. I'm talking to you from our studio. Uh, we've had for, I don't know, about three years now. Um, I'm not, obviously. <laughs> no, no, it's a little likely, but that, uh, but it was great. So uh, one of the things that um, that we've done, uh, similar to yourself, which is, you know, okay, how do you automate re the repetitive tasks? Uh, I heard a story recently about the Four Seasons hotel chain, and when they got started, they they spent months, almost a year, in a in a I guess an experimental hotel that they had bought to try to figure out what were all the things that always happened. And the idea was that they would systematize everything that was predictable so that they could humanize what was unpredictable. Yeah. And so if you, you know, if you go to Four Seasons, uh, you see that. I mean, you, you know, it's a, it, it's not obtrusive in any way, but uh, if you ask directions from some uh, lady who's cleaning rooms in the hallway, they stop what they're doing and they take you, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so the idea with using video, I think, is excellent. One thing you you uh, we've done here is we're using learning management software, uh, a pretty simple one called, uh, uh, well, Karen will jump in and tell us what it's called if I can't think of it. Anyway, point is, is that everything you can think of for a process that needs to be communicated to a client or a customer or whatever, uh, you can put in a playbook uh, with all the forms and everything else. And so they become completely self-servicing uh, do it when they want, when they're ready and not when you are. And so that's what you're working on in effect. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been really, really what, great. What other things do you think COVID have, has presented to your agency from an opportunity perspective? You know, um, we were uh, honestly by dumb luck, we upgraded all of our computer systems January of 2020. So we had gone to Microsoft 365. So we, we were cloud-based, everyone has a surface computer. So when it was pivot to work from home, it took whatever it took you to drive home and set up your, your station. And so we definitely didn't hit any sort of servicing hiccups with, with the um, work from home situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I feel like for me in prospecting, because I'm a producer on the commercial side, there were a lot of relationships that I had been, you know, working on for a long time that during the pandemic were like, you know what, Dana, I think, yeah, now's the time we should sit down. Like, I, so I think everyone started to question everything and being there and being this consistent, like, hey, can we have a conversation? All of a sudden people were more apt to do so. So we actually had pretty significant growth during the pandemic because I think there was a lot of this, we cultivated these relationships for a long time and they finally were like, all right, yeah, let's, we're ready to try something new. Sure. Well, you mentioned too that um, a lot of your folks haven't fully returned to the office yet. And probably ca uh, California is behind uh, Oklahoma where I live in terms yeah. of that, right? So uh, I have a, a home in California and I have gone out there for the last year and a half, people are chasing me down the aisle at the uh, at the hardware store. Sir, sir, put your mask on. Anyway, it's a, yeah. it's a different environment, right? So 
Um, but as you as you're returning to normal, do you think uh, a significant part of your staff will stay remote permanently, or are you going to do a, a combination in person remote? What what's your plan? We right now the biggest struggle that we have is finding quality people. We have an excellent team, and the last thing I want is any of them to leave right now. And so I don't want to give them a reason to leave. If they've enjoyed working from home, I'm not forcing people to come back. I mean, we're, we're welcoming with open doors. We have a few people that are coming in, you know, maybe once every two weeks, just so we have a, a real, we do um, traction. Uh, I don't know, you know, that, that's the way we run our office. So we have um, our level 10 meetings once a week. And so trying to get everyone to come at least one day, you know, so we can all meet in person because we've been doing, we do use Teams, Microsoft. So um no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not forcing anyone to come back just strictly because I don't want them to go look for another job where they can work hundred percent remote. Um, but I would love it to, if they were in a little bit more, because I think culturally it's, it's good. We started the first day of COVID work from home. You know, we all went and we started a morning call. So we do a at 8.35 AM every single morning, the entire team logs in and it's, it's really initially was like, our butts in seats, you know, what are people doing working from home? We haven't done this before. And then it kind of morphed into just a, we, we don't have any discussion topic. It usually goes for 10 minutes and quite a few of the team has voice. Cause I was going to scale back like, Oh, let's just do this once a week. And they love the social interaction. And I feel like our team has actually gotten closer remote doing these like morning calls because I wouldn't go an entire week and never talk to one of my personal lines account managers then have a reason to, or, you know, so, um, it's working all right for us. Good. Yeah, Liberty Mutual actually um, showed me this thing. They call them huddles. They do them, you know, company wide. Same idea. They've been doing them for probably a decade. So didn't know if you'd gotten that from them or it was just a good idea. But no, it was just again kind of yeah. a dumb luck idea. It really stemmed from are people actually working from home? I don't know how this works. <laughs> so um, you mentioned traction, and just uh, really quickly, um, that's a book by Gina Wickman. Uh, Gino is the founder of uh, the entrepreneurial operating system, which a lot of agencies use, but a lot haven't heard about it. And uh, it's something that uh, we've been using for a number of years. It allows everyone to be on the same page all the time and to stay focused on the goals of the organization. It's just a really easy, simple way to run your business. Uh, have you been using that for a number of years? Yes, I I should have traction tattooed on me. I'm obsessed with it. I think it, it has fundamentally changed our business. We've been doing it about five years and um, I'm a huge fan. It's just I, it's everybody rowing in the same direction and knowing what the goals are and having accountability and the we weekly meetings and everything has been, it's been a game changer for us. Well, I think this is actually really an interesting uh, thing for us to spend a minute on, if we could, um, because my observation uh, is working with lots of agencies around the country is that the biggest challenge for agencies is not necessarily, you know, how to serve customers, uh, how to sell a product, but it's really how to manage your business. And in times of change in which maybe margins are compressed or revenues are challenged or the business model itself is actually undergoing a lot of shifting and changing. The ability to manage the nuts and bolts of an organization from a management perspective becomes even more critical. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but I think that's something we don't talk about much. Um, so let's just take a minute and talk about it. So uh, how does, um, 
you mentioned the, the L10, the level 10 meeting, mm -hmm. uh, which is a weekly meeting that everyone in the organization is a part of one of those meetings and you're staying on the same page. But aside from that, uh, using traction tools, uh, the EOS system, how has that helped you manage the business better? Yeah, um, we're, it's the metrics of it. So the the concept of the, of traction is, you know, you're all you're all you have department meetings. Everyone has a number. Everyone has an accountability like score, and you look at your scorecard every every week. And so the scorecard you identify just a couple of numbers that kind of give you a, your hand on the pulse of where the agency's at. And so those numbers have been really critical. So every week I'm looking at like, what was our hit ratio per department? Um, you know, where, where just financial numbers, what's in the pipeline numbers, where the producers are at on there. We, we call greatness tracker is what we follow, but we need um, 10 meetings a week, which are either with a center of influence, a prospect or a, a customer to build relationships. So each producer should do 10 of those a week. So I'm looking at, you know, are we staying on top of those? So just seeing it and then you can kind of see, oh, we're falling behind in, a, in an app. We use the software, so it gives you an average. So I can see, okay, well, my goal is here and we're there. So um, yeah, it's been really helpful. Okay, so is the software you're referring to traction tools? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a pro, uh, for those of you uh, listening or watching, traction tools is just a, a, a way to keep uh, scorecards organized and uh, meetings organized uh, so, and you can, push information up or down the the, uh, the ladder, if you will, inside your organization. So again, everybody stays on the same page. It's ridiculously cheap and very easy to use. Yeah, We've, um, we just switched agency management systems in February and it was a way smoother transition than I would have anticipated. And I think it's because we were utilizing the system to have rocks, which are your like three month goals and have our to do's and everything so that we were it, the trainer, every time we have a trainer, like, oh, you guys are way ahead of the, you know, so we, we did, it was a really okay. helpful. So, so business management 101, staying organized and staying accountable and communicating up and down um, the, and across the organization. And obviously you've talked about uh, using teams and the month, the, 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 the daily standup. Um, so, and with people coming in the office, some people out of the office, and you live in a huge uh, area, uh, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming that the culture you're building with that kind of flexibility is allowing you to recruit people from across Los Angeles, maybe even across the region. Is that, do you have people that are remote, uh, that are physically not able to get into your office now? We do, yeah, we, we, we absolutely do. Um, you, the <clears throat> Hiring someone on the East Coast, it's hard because, of the hours. Um, but I do have a one employee that's in Alabama and one of actually my commercial lines team manager is from Alabama and she relocated and that's when we hired her initially. And so this is someone she had worked with before we were looking for an assistant. So she works from Alabama remotely. Um, she assists in the commercial department and then we hired a new account manager in commercial in, from Utah and I've never met her in person. And it's been a actually a very successful Hire. We've been really happy to have her, and that, that's that's a, that's a first. I, I'm, that's the only employee I've never actually met in person, so it's kind of kind of a trip. Yeah. Well, so how did you find that person in Utah? What what led to that? And then uh, share with us um, 
you know, what worked and what's been a struggle in terms of onboarding company culture, uh, management? Yeah. Um, it's just hard to find people. So we're posting we have recruiters, we're posting on, um, all the job boards and indeed and all those things. And so, uh, we just keep broadening like we're not having good candidates so let's just okay well, out of la county now we're going to like you know neighboring states and so that's kind of been our process we have a an interview process so we have questions we do an initial interview then we have testing that we send and then we'll do a team interview so our and then our hr department interviews so it's it's a fairly thorough process which has been tough right now because the job market is so hard when we go, want to go to interview number two, the recruiters like you got to offer them because they're getting three other offers. So it's and I, you know, you don't want to rush because slow to hire, fast to fire is what they recommend, and I think that's true. But it is, it's a tough right now. So yeah, it's just the personality is what I hire on. What we do is not rocket science. Uh, we can you can learn insurance, but having the right personality that's going to fit in our culture and is going to communicate with our clients the way that I want us to that that's really what we're looking for. Okay. And we hire against our core values, which is part of traction. Yeah. And, and that's actually a really significant um, thing that many businesses don't think about, which is getting, uh, you know, getting people who are aligned with your culture, your values, as opposed to somebody else's culture and values. It, to your point, when you get that done, you can teach them the skills that they need if they don't have them already. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're, and you're using, I'm assuming you're using teams, uh, again, with managing those people for communication, instant. Yeah. Adding yeah. All our that. training. So we actually just hired someone last week. And so we put together a two week training program for, you know, who's going to train them at what time, what are the things? And then we're doing, we're, to, we're doing it on teams and we're team sharing or screen sharing on teams. Okay. So, um, Back to the future a bit then, you, you mentioned earlier that there are going to be a lot of customers that independent agencies are collecting commission on today that won't be with them in the future because they're mm -hmm. more interested in a transactional uh, electronic experience as opposed to human experience. One of the things that I've noticed over the last decade, especially, I think, is that many independent agents have become really transaction focused. Uh, particularly in personal lines, but also in small commercial, um, you know, the price is the thing and uh, losing that uh, consultative approach. So uh, obviously the price is table stakes, right? I mean, if you're not competitive on price, you're not going to get the deal. You're not going to keep it uh, long-term, but uh, are you using, um, are you using any particular tools or methodologies or even software products that are helping you uh, minimize the time spent on the price so you have more time freed up for the relationship. Um, one earlier that this the the you mentioned the application software, but anything else that's yeah, you know, on in commercial we have tried a few and I haven't been real impressed with any of the like multi-rater. So our on small business We'll, we'll we shop it heavily for you know first year figure out best placement and then kind of set it and forget it unless there's an increase you know we keep our eye on it um personal lines were more aggressive and especially i don't know, i think it's countrywide but in california right now i mean the auto and property rates are out of control and so we do have a couple of automated things i think that would set us apart like for personal lines every single client gets a midterm check-in review 
So, you know, life changes, how have your insurance needs? We try to do that outside of their renewal period. So they're, you know, we're catching, have you added a pool? Did you change your trust? Have you did that? We have this list. Um, when they're over a certain threshold and premium, they get a follow-up phone call. And then we bonus our team on how many people that they actually get a hold of because we want to encourage them to do that. So that's one thing we do to set us apart. But again, the price shopper is not really going to care. Uh, we want the client that's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm glad they reached out because I've just XYZ remodeled my kitchen. I need to up my values. Um, and then on the increases, we are act proactively marketing when they increase. We're also running options for uh, increased deductibles. And we have a canned email that goes out like, you know, FYI, this is what we've done. Here's the markets we've approached. We use PL Rater for our personal lines multi-rating. So we do utilize one in personal lines. That works pretty good. Um, we just switched to Epic as our agency management system. So they have a built-in tool that we haven't fully implemented yet, but um, we definitely use the multi-rater in personal lines. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have any concerns about, uh, from a carrier perspective, as you look out three to five years from now, anything that is worrisome to you about the environment that carriers are in or how that's going to, you know, what, what potential changes may happen with relationships with independent agents? I mean, aside from the fact that California is on fire and you can't yeah. get insurance, um, aside from that. Yeah, I mean, um, having access to markets, that's one problem that I don't have much control over. Like, and trying to get employment practices, liability in California is, and DNO right now is awful. Um, and property and all the other things, I guess. Um, but I think for the, in like, I know Liberty, we're large, but from a, my perspective, we're a smaller agency. I think that the struggle is just how to keep the carriers happy. You know, there, there's so much consolidation happening mm -hmm. that the, the care, each carrier, you know, travelers wants another million dollars of premium. So does Liberty Mutual. So, you know, so you're just trying to keep everybody happy and we have really great carrier partners and it's just, how do you, how do you keep them all satisfied? Um, because you know, this, all this consolidation, they're getting more volume from other agencies that have purchased a bunch of smaller agencies and they're, they're just able to get that more volume. Right. Um, do you, do you track the, uh, the acquisition market much? I mean, I, I think most of us kind of keep our eye on it a bit. I do. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting, I think, with the increasing interest rates to see whether that takes a little bit of the heat off of the acquisition, the values and, and some of that, which um, to, to your point, I think carriers are getting they're getting some cost savings from a service perspective as as agencies, you know, aggregate, you know, bigger, yeah. get bigger. Um, and I, I don't know if that's going to continue over the next five years at the same pace it has in the last five years yeah if it doesn't what does that mean that carriers do um uh, to deal with their cost challenges do you have any fears about compensation reductions things like that does that keep you up at night or you know no the i mean it's real i i feel like we're real fortunate to be in an industry where this is a product everyone needs Right. And there's a lot of people out there that need to buy it. So I, even if, you know, commissions come down or AI takes over this part of the marketplace, there's still a big chunk that I feel like we have as independent agents. This is a real good business and there's a lot of opportunity out there. So I'm optimistic that 
we can pivot and we can work, you know, we offer quality service. We offer, you know, knowledge. I'm big on education and we, you know, I, we can improve our clients' risk management product programs. And there's a lot of opportunity out there. So I, I, those are things I can't control. So I try not to worry about them. Okay. Good for you. So back to um, talent just for a second. Uh, And it is, you know, it's been a problem for five or six years. It's getting worse because Mm -hmm. probably, 60 now percent of the employees in our industry are age eligible for retirement in the next five or six years. Uh, they won't all quit, of course, but um, it's it's more and more acute every year. COVID uh, with the so-called great resignation for some people made that worse. They might have lost somebody or two, uh, you know, that didn't want to work at all anymore or sped up retirement. I'm wondering, have you thought about um, changing the way jobs are done in your agency so that you hang on to older or attract older employees, maybe people who want to work part-time, part of the year, uh, you know, that sort of thing as a way to bring people back into our industry who have left it because maybe they thought their work was inflexible from a freedom of time perspective. Have you, have you given any thought to that? You know, we're pretty flexible. You know, I'm a mom of three and I am, I value, you know, what life work balance. And so we do have quite a few on our team that work part-time or, you know, other hours. We utilize resource pro in China. We have um, four employees there that do kind of just the, we're having a lot of turnover probably guys, it's been almost 10 years we've been using them, but the, our commercial policy checking position, you know, you need to be smart. You need to be detail oriented, but it is boring. I couldn't sit there and check policies all day. I lose my mind. So we just had so much turnover and that's a great feeder position into an account manager and account assistant, but we just couldn't keep somebody in that seat. And so we pivoted to resource pro and that's been really helpful. So a lot of the back office monotonous, just kind of repetitious tasks we have already taken off of the account manager's desk. So or our, our client, I mean, our employees desk. So I don't know how much more we could really, when we're automating through our system as much as possible. Okay. Well, so probably only 10% of agencies in the country are using outsourced back office people and um, particularly in other countries. And so you've been doing it for a decade. So you certainly are a trendsetter in that respect. And and it's, it's also cheaper uh, than hiring people in California, I, I suspect. Yeah, it's. I think it comes now to forty thousand dollars per person. You're getting seven, seven hours a day out of it. So it's significantly less than you would spend with overhead and retraining and all the things. Okay. Do you use company service centers as well, or do you have Resource Pro do all that? Stuff? You know what? We stopped using service centers. We used to, but we found that you know, we're big on customer service almost to a fault. And so the clients still call us. So I'm like, why am I giving, you know, two points is 20% typically of our commission. Why am I giving right. that away? So we, we reined it in a few years ago and, and honestly, we didn't feel more work come our way and we saw more revenue come our way. So I think there's a place for them. It just wasn't with our team. We were, we were not coaching our clients to utilize a service center well enough. Okay. So as you look at um, your three-year picture um, uh, for your agency, uh, what are some of the things that you think are opportunities that other agencies should be thinking about as well over the next two or three years in terms of other things to be thinking about to prepare for their futures? Anything yeah. 
I, my biggest fear with our industry is the personal line side. We do a lot of, you know, just your mainstream homeowner, home auto, two autos and umbrella policy, you know, we, we do high end home too, but um, that, that customer, I feel like is the first that all of these automated insurance companies are going to grab. And so my opinion is that we need to really focus on the ideal client for an independent insurance agent and personal lines is someone working with a financial advisor, because if they have the amount of assets needed to have some oversight of, they are paying someone to, you know, be their coach in terms of their finances, they would look at an insurance agent more along the same lines as a trusted advisor, not just a commodity. And so my big push in this next decade is how can we align ourselves with financial advisors? How can we make them look good by doing, you know, full comprehensive insurance reviews for their customers, keeping everything organized, having a portal where they can log in and view everything. So making the financial advisor look good and also aligning ourselves with the kind of customers that want to work with a wealth manager. That is, I think the future for personal lines, in my opinion. Um, so I know a number of financial planners, um, got a bunch of them in my coaching group and their challenges are, uh, similar to banks in that they have massive amount of regulation that they uh, have had to deal with over the last five or six years, which has caused them to consolidate to be able to afford regulation. Uh, and then the fees that they make have been compressed. Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of headwinds in their business as well. Um, some of uh, some financial advisors have tried to get in the insurance business. Uh, most have failed at that. Um, I think probably because, you know, they don't understand or appreciate, you know, that our business actually is very technically complex and you have yeah. to make a significant investment to be able to be competent in the business. But I, to your point, I do wonder if there's not opportunity for agents to find better ways of working with people like that, whether it's on a joint venture basis or a mutual referral basis or something else, because they have the same problems. They have different problems, but they're as acute uh and yeah. listening uh as independent agencies do yeah i think so our what we've been working on is a technology where we can take you know send us all your clients insurance policies we can scan it pull out all of their limits we have a it spits it into an excel sheet that then does a full comparison of our recommended coverages versus what they have now puts it in a pretty pdf co-brands it with the wealth manager's name so it makes them look good. And then, oh, by the way, here's an alternative quote, or we can broker it over. So that's that's the workflow that we're looking towards. But getting all those pieces where you can like scan somebody's state farm policy and then get their information into this comparison and spit it out again is what is a little bit hard. I'm not I'm not a tech specialist. Right. Well, maybe somebody will solve that problem for you. Yep. Working on it. Tell to everybody else. So that'll be great. Um, well, I really appreciate your time today. I mean, it's been uh, insightful. I, my takeaways are that uh, running your business really well is uh, perhaps the best thing to prepare for the future. Uh, and you've uh, given us some great suggestions for that. And also that if you use technology to take the drudgery and the time and repetitive tasks the way you've mentioned several uh, really great suggestions, not just videos, but also your, your submission system and other things. If agents... Um, remove cost uh, and speed up their processes, even with the things that are just available now and really run their business well and get focused back on our 
traditional value proposition, which was the customer relationship, the trusted advisor, and not being a, uh, a quota of price, um, there's reason for optimism. I, I think so. I think it's still a good business. It's not sexy. Kids don't want to get in it, but I wish they would. <laughs> well, maybe yours will. You've got uh, 10 or 15 see. years to see, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, Dana, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, thanks for all your uh, advice or, or wisdom that you shared with everyone. Thanks for having me. All Have right. a Take care. I'm talking to independent agency owners about this all the time. If you'd like to have a more personalized conversation, click on the button or the link in the description and we'll make that happen. You can also reach out to me at tonycaldwell.net slash contact.